Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the desert we tell. And it's episode 161. It's a fucking fly in here. Yes, it is really buzzing annoying. right around your head. Right, I don't smell that bad. This fly says different. <laughs> <laughs> I've read books, uh, i.e. comics, uh, that show that flies mean that you smell. Right, yes. Yeah, it's a surefire sign. Yeah, that's, that's upsetting. How are you, Nick? Oh, well, apart from smelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot day. It's a hot day. Yes. The heat wave, we're in the fucking heat wave, remember? <laughs> the heat wave, which one of our darling uh, Patreons did give yes. us the description of what a heat wave is. For those of you who don't know, over here in England, it's basically summer. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's summer. mildly warm. It's warm. Uh, it's nice out because we're so not used to nice summers over here. It's just, it's a, I, in I, the past. In the in the past 30 years ago, maybe, for the past 15 years or not so. in June. Mm. I would argue that it usually kicks in around about July, August. Nah. That's why everyone's saying it's a heat wave. They're going, it's unprecedented. It's not. It was unprecedented apart from last week. <laughs> You should really do the weather, Nick. Yes. You just spend the whole time yelling at people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, episode 161. You're well, happy. Yes, apparently. Surrounded by flies. Surrounded by flies. Oh, good. Any poisonings this week? That fly. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he took the hint. Yeah. You've scared him off. I silenced him with my scorn. (laughs) (laughs) There are now a very chastened fly who's sitting in a corner thinking about what he's done. He knows who's boss. (laughs) I am Lord of the Flies. No, that's not right. Have you read that book? (laughs) Did you just look at the title? I just looked at the title and go, oh, that sounds really cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's about a bunch of guys who just have flies as their servants. Yeah. And good times were had by all. And me and my fly army. (laughs) I fear that would be ineffectual. Is that, is that not a good book? Well, against my cat and crow army. <laughs> I feel like the cats and crows would not work well together. I feel that could be a problem. Well, speaking about weather that lies to you and being annoyed about it, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Yes, why not? There's loads of them. Hurrah for there you. There are. Hello. T- thank you very much. To the tiny shark in the marvellous hat. <laughs> to Newt the cat wizard. To Melissa Gambrell. To Hannah Fridlung. To Elise. To Julia Havens. To Major Read My Band's Name, Reverend Pokemonge. <laughs> Which I must admit is not a good band's name. Oh, wow. Oh, you cut them deep. Yeah. Built you, them you, up yeah, and yeah, then you no, drop them down. You know me, I'm desperately judgmental. To Cassandra S. And very finally, to H, 
of the Poison Center. Wonderful names this Wonderful week. Wonderful names this well week. Well done, Patreon. Yeah. Apart from I just really slagged off someone's band name, so I apologize for that. That person is now crying yeah. and deleting us from all of their Absolutely. phones. You know what? We'll have to listen to their band now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, the, the first album was sort of dedicated to us. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> the first album was all songs about you, Nick. Nick, his beard is so lovely. <laughs> Oh, I fucked it up. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Excellent, excellent Patreon names. We like it when people get creative, and there has been a lot of you. So, yes, we encourage you. Be creative. But also, please send us a note of what your real name is in case we need to send you anything. Yes, it's not easy to... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tiny Shark and the Marvelous Hat. Number three. <laughs> yeah, feel free to add that. We'll add it in notes as well. Or if you just want mail sent through to you in that way, absolutely fine. Crack on. But, yes, we had fun on Patreon this week. Uh, we took a trip to the Arctic. We did. We did. We, we went did. to colder climates to combat the heat. And we talked of mysterious... Terrifying oh, things. Yeah, sort of pretty scary. Yes, lost expeditions that resulted in murder. What more could you ask, really? And a return from our old friend Poison. Yes, yes. there was an alarm. There was an alarm. It was alarming. Oh, oh, we did that. there it is. Also on Patreon as well, um, all of our subscribers got a lovely preview of new video content that we're doing. So we are doing highlights of our episodes, which we're going to release and tease to people. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah. 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 We also have a shout out this week from lovely Charlie Rose Alice. Charlie Rose has asked for a shout out to her lovely mum, Ellie Norman. Ellie, her mom, introduced her to our podcast while they were doing trips between Chippenham and Derriford Hospital. I'm sorry, I made them very jolly. You made them very jolly there. I went, oh shit. And I made a nice trip to the hospital. I mean, who, does, who, doesn't love a, who doesn't love a trip to a hospital? I mean, obviously that was a bit stressful, I'm sure. And they said, no matter how stressed and worried we were, when we got in the car and played your podcast, you guys always managed to make us laugh and keep us intrigued. I'm very grateful to her for introducing me. And I know you're her very favorite podcast broadcasters, Ever. Thank you so much for all the enjoyable hours and all the hard work you guys put into it to make sure that they're factually accurate and hilarious too. You're the absolute. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, Alice, well, Alice. Huge love to you both. Big, big love to you and your mum, Ellie. Thank you so much for being wonderful fans. Thank you very much. And we are happy to shout out and say, everybody, praise these people. Quite. Worship them. <laughs> well, Nick, are you ready? Uh, I think so. To Drink cocktails and talk about poison. Ooh. Or could drink poison and talk about cocktails. What about the wine? That you're quaffing. Yes. It's a nice wine. <laughs> the, pre, the pre-podcast wine. The, pre, the pre-podcast. <laughs> the pre-cocktail cocktail is, has, is has now been surpassed by <laughs> the pre-cocktail wine. Well, while sipping your wine, uh, yeah. what do you think? Let's have a cocktail and wine. Excellent. Great. So what could possibly go wrong? Let's go with the first one. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is Nick's story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so his pick. And the secret ingredient is... Monopoly. Monopoly. Who doesn't love a game of Monopoly? It's an odd ingredient. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Yes, I like it. Monopoly, the, the yeah. greatest poison of them all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, it has caused many, many... The greatest uh, motive of them all, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Many, many are thrashing. Yeah, absolutely. Many are stormed out. Many are divorced, I'm sure. Um, no, no doubt. Many are family feud at Christmas. Indeed. How are you with the Monopoly? Um, I enjoyed the Monopoly as a kid, because it was you played it at okay. Christmas. Okay. But that's before I knew about other board games. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> was that your gateway? When board I game? found like the 
oh, there's more games in the world than Monopoly. I was like, uh. I don't want to play Monopoly anymore. It's <laughs> dreadful. But did your family get on when playing Monopoly? Usually, you'd probably, usually we got bored before the end. It's one of those games that can take four weeks. Yes. To play. Yes. And usually, well, eventually, someone will be pissed. Um, <laughs> usually you, <laughs> you at seven, yeah, swilling your wine and around. Like, and then everyone will go, oh, it's like, oh, it's fucking bedtime. Let's go. Let's... When you're a kid, you don't understand. I never understood the whole thing about yeah. why you were building hotels. I was like, can we just go around the board? We never really played it that much. But I remember one person I knew said when their family played it, their mum had to always have more money than everyone else <laughs> because it was her board game. Right. That was the logic that's, they used. That's the, that's the house rules. And it was very humorless as well, apparently. It wasn't done in jest. Mm. So, mm. If, you, if you want to get into board games, don't start with Monopoly. I don't know. Monopoly's all right. Teaches you greed. <laughs> Teaches you greed. And, and vengeance. And revenge. <laughs> and, and spite. And how to really someone up with, yeah. a, with a tiny, tiny hat. How you could which, kill which, a man. Which, which, which was your playing piece of choice? The hat. The hat. The top hat. Yeah. Obviously, I'm fancy. <laughs> Learn how you can kill people with little tiny meeples. Okay, well, Monopoly <laughs> opens up lots of possibilities. All right. Well, with Monopoly as ingredient, the inspiration, mm. what have you come up with? We are having yeah. a Mayfair. A Mayfair. Yes. <sighs> okay. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I walked into it, really. Monopoly is just like, oh, whatever's on the fucking board. And I, and I did. The most valuable. Oh, is it the most valuable? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not just your old sort of Pentonville. Old Kent Road. Old Kent Road. Old Kent Road would be good because it's the cheapest. Okay, Mayfair. So I quite like, sounds, sounds very elegant. Well, quite. Uh, sounds fancy. I'm expecting fancy things. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, marvellous. I think it is high time for us to sachet into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick, we have the Mayfair. I'm, I'm disappointed it's not purple. Yeah, I was thinking you were going to peel purple out of the yeah, bag. I should have, I should have, yeah. A few drops of something. Absolutely. Just thinking about, oh, I should have made it purple. I'm disappointed you don't have a Monopoly board, but also not surprised. Yeah, after my bitching about Monopoly, <laughs> yeah. but moments ago. Why would you not <laughs> have it? I don't actually have a Monopoly set. There is a Canterbury Monopoly set one can get. There is, yes. I don't have that either. No, no. That either. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody no. has it. But it is very, very yellow. It's very yellow. Yes. An orangey hue. An orangey hue. Quite like an orange juice. It's mm. not an orange juice, is it? It's just a glass of orange juice. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah just a glass of orange Vitamin juice. Vitamin C, not a bad idea. Uh, it's very full as well, so I'm excited. Hey, <laughs> hey. A long drink. Well, it looks very pretty, so a little smell. doesn't have much of a nose. There's <laughs> not huge aromas coming off it. Well, it looks very pretty. I think it's time for us to taste. Okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ooh. Um, no. Uh, what? Hmm. Ha, ha. Oh, God. I don't like that. No, I've just... No, I went, oh, God, because I've just remembered something that's in this. <laughs> purely because I brought it to you. Yes. And then it's... Re oh, it's really hitting now. That's weird. It's weird. It's, um... That's weird. Well, second sip. It's, I would say it's, it's not awful. It's not horrendous. It's curiously fruity. It grips you by the throat very quickly. And yes, it's curiously fruity, but then it yeah. gives, uh, gives way to that. So I'm, I'm going to guess one of the ingredients. Yeah. It's got a clove. It's got a clove. Aroma. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's got, got fucking cloves it's in got it. It's got a clove in it. 
that I brought from my yes, house. Yes, I said to you, say, have you got any clothes? Can you bring some? Surprisingly, it's got clothes in. And then I hand them to you and you go, now forget everything forget. you know about clothes. <laughs> you have never heard of clothes before. Uh, these are the clothes you're looking for. So that's the thing is the aftertaste is really... Clovey. Clovey. It's like Christmas. It's but really the not. start of it, it's fruity. Give me something other than cloves. I, honestly, oh, I, I'm gonna hazard a guess. Okay. Peach. No. Fuck. Not not a million miles away. Apricot. Yes. <gasps> Am I right? <laughs> yeah, apricot. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> apricot brandy. Is it what, Southern Comfort. No, no, just apricot brandy. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. I don't know the difference. Apricot uh, Southern Comfort is a peach. Is it? Yes, it's made of peach kernels. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, this is apricot brandy. Okay, so okay, we've established cloves and apricot brandy. I'm yep. done. Two more things. Two, two more things. It feels like there's a lot in there. I don't. Well, I don't. I'm not getting citrus. Maybe it's lost. I'm not getting much sharpness. So I guess lemon. Nope. Lime. Nope. <laughs> no. There's that other other fruits. <laughs> Is it another fruit? Um. Yes, it's another citrus. Oh, I don't know any other. Ci- Orange. Yes. Fuck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> This genuinely happens. I go, there's no other fruit. There's, no, there's no other fruit. There's Lemon's never been lime. another fruit. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. Orange. Right, orange. Oh, yeah. Orange juice. Orange juice. Hand squished. Oh, oh, you were squeezing something in yeah. there. We were having a chat. I could just hear you squeezing away. Yeah. Right, so there's one more. One more thing. So cloves, apricot, brandy, orange juice. Yep. And... Think of a base. Think of something... Buttery biscuit base. A buttery biscuit base. There's no buttery biscuits. Now I want a buttery biscuit. Well, I would think apricot brandy would be the base. Yeah. Gin? Gin. Oh, is it gin? It's gin. I did well today. Yeah, not half bad. Not bad. We got not... there eventually. Yeah, it took a long time. It, t- it was a long meandering road. <laughs> with me being very annoying all the way. But we got there, we didn't got we? There we got there I got us there. Well done, you. Well done. <laughs> After several sips now uh, to try and work out what's in it. Oh, there's none left. It gets better. It's not that. It's yeah, I won't make it again. It's not. It's not no. awful. It's not exciting. Meh. Disappointing Mayfair. It's not bad. The first sip was awful. I must say, the first sip was so sharp, and then it was just cloves. Yeah. So. So I'm not getting that overpowery cloviness, personally. Did you just put more cloves in mine? Yes. Crush them much. up. Just crush them up. It complements weirdly. It complements the apricot quite nicely because it kind of turns floral that's yeah, one of the well, nice so things about yeah, it yeah clovey i mean clothes go well with orange as well yes they do um, in, a, in a very christmasy sort of vibe but it's not like the mayfair expensive classy i don't know it doesn't really seem yeah the i mean the and, and this is actually an old one this has come from the savoy so this is sort of 1920s 1910s this one was first developed oh, and it was named that. after mayfair being a very exclusive area and blah 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 um still is still yes, it is absolutely um, but that's where the name comes from. But it, yeah, it's it's not overwhelming. It's not well beating. It does seem like an old fashioned cocktail with just a chuck some freaking cloves in there. How do you do the cloves then in it? So I put two dry cloves in the bottom of the tin and just give them a good bash with the muddler. Yeah. And then just and then poured the ingredients. I left it for maybe a minute or so. And give it a bit of a stir. Mm. So you don't want to infuse too much because it will be too overpowering, mm. I think. And then just strain it out so you don't get any of the bits. So mm. just break it down a bit. That is enough. Just it, just that sort of two, three minutes it has with the spirits is enough to impart quite a lot of flavour. Well, yeah, cloves are very, very, But they're very, very, very potent, absolutely. You know what? If you swap the gin out for some whiskey, 
heat it up. That could be an interesting sort an of thing. An interesting yeah. twist on a hot toddy would be quite cleansing and good and the vitamin C for the yeah, orange juice if you're sick. Uh, yeah, very true. It's not bad. It's not bad. And I'm going to enjoy drinking it. I shan't be sad if I never have it again. No one indeed. But it's just weird. <laughs> It's, it's just, just cloves yeah. and ingredients. It's just cloves and, cloves and stuff. There we go. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, with our drinks, well, our drinks in hand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're in hand. The Mayfair, we're in the Mayfair. It's lovely. Mm, very nice. It's very fancy. Is it time for a story, Nick? It is definitely time for a story. Woohoo! This is definitely time for a story. Yes. So this week, we have the tale of one of the, one of the most audacious heists in British history. This week we are talking about the Great Train Robbery. <laughs> of course. You have been itching. I have. I've been going about doing this one for ages. To do this one. And I would not have penned you as someone who was a Great Train Robbery fan. I'm not a fan, but it's one of those things that I just... Can you be a fan? I don't it's know. one of those things that I remember as a child. I do too. Sort of thing. Now, We're not that old though. There are many great train robberies out there. Yes. Um, you have the first Great Train Robbery and then the Great Gold Train Robbery. Michael Crichton uh, wrote a novel called The Great Train Robbery in 1975, which was several years after The Great Train Robbery. The book was about The Great Gold Train Robbery, which obviously cleared a lot of things up about which robbery was which. What? So this this is about the one that I heard of when I was a kid. The Great Train Robbery. So The Great Train Robbery. The Great Train Robbery. But not about The Great Train Robbery. Not The Great Train Robbery. Not about The Gold Robbery. Not about The Great Gold Robbery, but The Great Robbery. Good. So everything so, you just said, forget ev- about that. Everything, everyone clear? Everyone clear what's going on? No. Good. But the Great Train Robbery. Yay. The great, but if, if you are in the UK, you will know of what we call the Great Train Robbery. Yes. Absolutely. It was spoken of a lot in our it was youth. was spoken of a lot of in the youth. Very famous. One particularly famous villain came out of it. Mm. I'm who we shall go on to. But everyone in the UK knows a little something about it that makes it sound like we're all complicit we're all complicit we all <laughs> we all knew someone who knew something yeah, absolutely about the robbery Indeed. yeah we're known in all the boroughs <laughs> so you might know something but what 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 was it what was it what was the robbery the great train robbery well to be honest i, I really don't yeah, know so a you lot know, I, you know the name i know the name i know buster a film starring Bill Collins <laughs> about the great train robber who opened a flower shop. My mum would go, oh, let's watch that. You know, the flower shop's still open. I'll take you there one day. Yeah. You can see the train robber. Just go and point <laughs> at him. Um, I know some of the names of the robbers yep. that, that I'm sure you'll come on to. But uh, a big, it was a big heist for, for, for money. A heist for money. Absolutely. I think that's all I needed to know yeah. really about it. So we are entering back. All the way back, so far back, to 1963. It's so far, I can't so imagine far it. So back. God. <laughs> now, this is back in the day where everything was transported by rail. So the the motorway network wasn't really established and things like that. So if you wanted to get anything anywhere, rail was the way to go. Absolutely. Horses were shit. Horses then. were shit. And the Royal Mail, which is the UK's postal delivery service, had trains that ran all over the country. They had Royal Mail trains. The trains were... <laughs> Every now and then, you put it in and go. Every they now had and trains again, run all over the country. They had Royal Mail trains. I, I feel the need to ad lib for no reason whatsoever because I've written it down three times in the script. I love hearing it. I usually ad lib bad jokes. You ad lib more facts. I'm more more facts that I've already just said in a slightly different way. So the trains they were mobile sorting offices, pretty much. So sacks of mail bound for a destination would be loaded on the train. And then as the train were, went on its way, there were scores of people on the train who would go through the mail, sort it into its final destinations by postcode and what have you. Mm. And by the time it reached its final stop, 
everything was bagged up and ready to go on vans to be delivered out to households. So it was desperately organised. Now, some of these Royal Mail trains ran with carriages known as the HVP, the High Value Package Carriage. Oh, now, don't, don't call it that. That's what they were called, the HVP. The HVP carriage, high value package. I know, but that's asking for trouble, surely. <laughs> so these carriages were stuffed with valuable cargoes. So lots of people sending, yeah, expensive things through the post, but also a lot of banks were sending things yes. through the post as well. So this is, was a time, obviously, before digital, digital transactions and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So if you wanted to make a transfer from one bank to the next, you actually had to do it in yeah. cash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so these HPV carriages often carried just sacks load of money yeah cash really was a king and so there were millions of pounds worth of notes just going by train all over the bloody place and other valuables like cloves and spices and cloves and spices <laughs> Sorry, spices from the audience <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was a simpler time <laughs> now no one really knows who was responsible for the initial idea behind the robbery is it that dog that's barking it's the, it's the barking dog <laughs> The most common theory is that it was actually an insider job. Um, and certainly the gang had details that would only really have been known to someone inside the postal service and someone relatively senior at that, for that matter. Now, over the years, this sort of murky figure has become known as the Ulster Man, reportedly because he, he had an Irish accent. He has never actually been identified. A few people in various books and things, they said, oh, no, I figured out who it is. It's the, it was this chap. Mm. But it's never been conclusively proved who this sort of mastermind was. It's always nice hearing you say the Ulster Man in a very English accent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> very different from mine. Quite, no, the Ulster Man. The Ulster Man. The, no, Ulster, no, the Ulster, Ulster Man. Go really deep down here like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try that. because <laughs> Please <just> don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be offensive on many levels, I feel. <laughs> so the story goes that the Ulster Man he confided his thoughts in how easy it would be to rob one of these trains mm. to a London solicitor, a, bri- a chap called Brian Field. <laughs> now, Brian Field, in turn, used his contacts in the London underworld Ooh. to put the Ulster Man in contact with two career criminals, a chap named Gordon Goody and Buster <laughs> Edwards. Yay, Buster Edwards. That, no, Buster that Edwards. name. Absolutely. Now, these, these two were members of the Southwest Gang. Ooh. It was known, um, presumably in South West London. One would assume. You would hope, One unless would hope. well, unless they were very smart and they operated in the northeast. <laughs> Absolutely, could could have well been. Really keep the proof, keep them rosers on their toes. <laughs> the police hanging around the south where we've got this entire area covered. <laughs> so these two chaps went back, and oh, we've got this great contact. He's got this great idea. Went back to the gang. Soon, the gang's leader, a chap called Bruce Reynolds, he quickly takes charge of the whole thing. Going mm. right, yeah, this is this is. This is great. Mm. And with the information provided by the Olsterman, a plan starts to develop. You can imagine that it had to be an inside job, Mm. the start of it, to have all of that information to go, okay, here's how you can rob them. Here's who the night watchman is. Here's all the security. Here's the timings of all these things. And then going through a lawyer, clearly a lawyer who was used to dealing with shady people. Yeah, I think... Who didn't go, you know what? Ooh, you're a bad man. I shall turn you up to the authorities going, I... I know lots of I know lots of crims. (laughs) Perfect person to go to. Now, the raid was devised over a period of months by by this core team. So we've got Gordon Goody, Buster Edwards, another chap called Charlie Wilson, and then the mastermind Bruce Reynolds, who are all acting with information provided by the Ulsterman. Now, as they developed this plan, they sort of suddenly realised, this is a fucking big job. This This is a massive undertaking. And they started... And it starts to dawn on them that just the numbers they will need to to carry off this this heist. 
so they other members of the Southwest gang are pulled into the caper. So you've got Roy James, John Daly, Henry Thomas, James White. They are all brought in as various getaway drivers, just muscle men being there because they needed some just threatening <laughs> thugs. Uh, <laughs> so people to shift stuff around, do the shopping, yeah, make you- the tea. <laughs> You need people to do this sort of stuff. Someone buttering a cracker in the exactly. background. Also, when you said muscle men, completely get it that you need guys who are like, yeah, yeah, the, the heavies, yeah, as it were. I instantly just had a picture in my head of those old timey kind of muscle men with like the anvils and kind of like the <laughs> lifting a dumbbell up in like yes. leotards and it big was exactly twirly moustaches. It was exactly like that. Distraction technique. That's like the Southwest gang. They are they are very successful in Islington. Um, yeah. <laughs> in london's criminal underworld mm-hmm. they are quite notorious they enjoy a, quite a fearsome reputation mm-hmm. protection rackets fraud theft intimidation all top-notch top-notch criminal activity going on one thing though that they they have rather less experiences is with trains uh, not, okay not so not so knowledgeable about the trains really well, yeah, stopping yeah. a train driving a train <laughs> robbing a train <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, not quite sure. So, how, how, does, how does this work? Most of us don't. Yes. Yeah. How do they work? How do they? How do these things? How do these things work? Yeah. So eventually, they think. Well, the prize is so great. Rather than just go at it and just hope for pro- the best, hope, hope for the best. Yeah. They think no. We need to get some some experts, some more experienced people on hand. So now we have the introduction of the South Coast Raiders. <laughs> oh, that's a good name yeah another london gang now these oh, they're are, in the south coast there's no coast in london london out towards the south coast oh, sort oh, of right. way that bit, the estuary out, out the estuary, towards essex estuary, estuary absolutely even down towards like kent where we are those sort of oh, places yes. accomplished train robbers they they've done this before Okay. They know all the tricks of the trade. So these are the chaps we need on board. So in come another group of guys. So all apparently essential in pulling off the heist. We have the leader, um, Roger Cordry, then Bob Welch, Tommy Wisby, Jim Hussey, and Danny Pembroke. They all sound like crim names. Absolutely, really do. Absolutely, <laughs> and, yeah. And actually, also they don't at all. <laughs> you should point out these are just names. These are just people's names. But this if is... you say them in the right accent, can you just can you just say them again? And I go, no, you're not going to do it. But you know, yeah, yeah. Tommy Wisby, <laughs> Danny Welch, <laughs> Tommy the Slasher Wisby. <laughs> <laughs> there were no Terences there. No, absolutely. So, the, but these guys, they have the specialist knowledge that is needed. They know how to rig signals. They know how to oh, cool. couple and uncouple trains. They know about switching points on tracks and all this sort of stuff. Sort of stuff. One thing they do need, though, one thing they still need is someone who is able to drive a train. Handy, yes. Handy when <laughs> doing do this. all of this and they can't just push it. <laughs> and this is where one of the most famous names associated with the Great Train Robbery comes into play. This is where Ronnie Biggs. Now, Biggs, he was an old associate of the Southwest gang, but he had had a recent stint in prison and he mm. was determined he was going to go straight. He had no life of crime was done for him. He was going to go straight and narrow, blah, blah, blah. It didn't take too much arm twisting and the promises, promise of a hefty payday, really, for Bruce Reynolds, the leader of the Southwest gang, to persuade Biggs to return to his sort of criminal ways, really. Oi. So here, I've got some money. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's going to be a tantalizing prospect as well because Biggs, you know, was was a criminal. Yeah, yeah, a criminal, career criminal absolutely. But, but but in jail then coming out going we've got the heist of all heists. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, go out on high. Go out on high. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So but his only assignment in this, his his one role 
of this is to find a train driver. Mm-hmm. Make sure he is ready for the job and he, he is there at the appointed date and time mm-hmm. to be ready. That's all you have to do. Nice. And Big says, yep, fine, absolutely. I can, I'll find someone, know the chap, sort it out. Cool. And he does that. He tracks down a retired engine driver, a chap who is actually only known as Old Pete or Pops. Was they, he? <laughs> well, he was, he, they never actually caught him, this, this chap. They never caught him. Oh. So, yeah, the train driver was never found. It was never identified who it was. He was an old. He was an old boy, retired. Old, so old Pete, Pete or Pops, the, the, the Pops. gang, the gang seemed yeah, to call him. Yeah, had a big hat. <laughs> so now everything was in place. They have sixteen men ready to take on the might of the post office. Okay. <laughs> The might of the post office yeah. does not have the gravitas you think it does. It'd be very dramatic. I the know. post office is a powerful and terrible thing. <laughs> back then, yes. The post office had their own police force. They did. Back in back at this time. At this That's time, what I did know. Yeah, yes, they had yes. their own investigative well, because unit. everything was by post. The yeah. power, can you imagine? Exactly. Nowadays, the post is going, please do please, stuff through us. Please write a letter. <laughs> please. <laughs> we'll pay you to write a letter. <laughs> Amazon drivers just flicking V's at them as yeah. they go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Poor postal workers. We're with you. So it is Wednesday the 7th of August, 1963. <laughs> 6.50pm, the Royal Mail train sets off from Glasgow. So 10 to 7 in the evening. The Royal... I wasn't looking confused because oh, I thought that. I thought you, you were trying to work out what fuck? times were. No, no, I know what times are. Well, I'm, I'm unsure sometimes. <laughs> were, you, were you looking at the hair? Was that no, what it was? I was looking up because you said August in 1963 and I thought, oh, not that far off from when JFK was shot. That's where my brain went. Right. Not, it wasn't not trying to work out time. p.m. Ooh, that's 10 to 7. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for explaining it. I'm, and it's, it's a pleasure. Carry on. So it's 5 so in the morning. It's, it's at some point in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Dusk. The train left Glasgow Central Station <laughs> en route to London Euston. Mm-hmm. Where it, station. Good station. A delightful station where it was scheduled to arrive at 4am the next morning. The train was hauled by a diesel electric locomotive mm-hmm. um, and was made up of 12 carriages. In total, there were 72 postal office workers on board the train. The second carriage behind the engine was the HPV coach, was the high, high value mm-hmm. coach on there. Ordinarily, the midweek Glasgow to London train could be expected to carry around £300,000. Also nice, on the train, so. which is a which is a decent decent haul. This particular train was holding over two and a half million, and that's two and a half million nineteen sixty three money. Yes, I remember. Which the, is a, the figure, yeah, which two, is about thirty eight million in today's <laughs> thirty eight million pounds in today's money. So that's a huge, uncomp. Imagine that much in cash, in in banknotes good point that much in tennis i'm imagining two million well yeah i, I <laughs> no i should imagine two million of course it'd be the same amount of banknotes but it would be the you, you would have a pound banknotes back then you oh, have, yes you know you got one pound you have one one pound notes oh, do you remember them it's an awful lot of hard currency to be carrying around the place a couple of years prior to this the post office investigation branch so the post office police that we just spoke about had recommended fitting these high value carriages hmm. with alarms window bars reinforced doors they knew the potential threat potential weakness of some of these carriages Um, and three carriages had been modified with this updated security system these security features curiously all three of the secure carriages were out of service 
on the day of the heist. Oh, how convenient. Most, most convenient. So an old carriage had been brought in to, to run the Glasgow to London, London line. Now, some people think this is the result of the Ulsterman's internal yeah, yeah. scheming to make the job as easy as possible. So, yeah. To be transferring that much money and yeah. then just going, oh, well, we don't have any of the good stuff. So, I yeah. guess, but it's got, it's got to go. It's, it's got to go. No it's choice. got to go. There's no reason that there has never been a train robbery like this in no. UK history. No. So there's no reason to even think that someone might attempt something of this magnitude and that's their downfall and that's their downfall absolutely Plan so they the go things you don't expect they go fine okay so yeah so you can take take one of the old carriages it'll be fine mm-hmm. it's no bother at all who's going to rob us well exactly so the train is on its way there are all these postal workers to say 70 odd workers on board they are busy s- sorting thousands of letters into various destinations they pick up posts as they go <laughs> which must be very annoying <laughs> well it's great because the trains whistle the trains don't stop no so the they actually the the people on the the ground they hang bags, bags of letters they're, they're hanging, and they're caught they? in nets yes. as the train goes past and the actual <laughs> the postal workers on board can drop off letters in much the same way they hang a bag of letters for yeah. somewhere yeah somewhere out and then it's caught <laughs> by a net on the on the bank just hurling shit uh, hurling shit at people yeah. so yes yeah, so all these letters are coming and going yeah. all over the place but so they're all busy there sorting out all their bits and pieces completely mm-hmm. unaware of a rather dramatic mm-hmm. turn that their journey was going to take now as the train approaches the tiny hamlet of Ledburn, which is in Buckinghamshire. So we're about 40 miles north of London. So the train has pretty much all made its complete journey. So it's not far away from town, mm-hmm. from London town at all. The usually green signal on the line turns red. <laughs> Stop. Now, seeing this red light, the driver of the train, a chap called Jack Mills, slows and stops the train. Now, this is a very unexpected place to stop he's never had to stop here before yeah. so he was well something must have happened further down the line oh, okay. there's been an issue he's a second crewman the 26 year old david whitby he jumps down from the cab he goes to the line side phone so there are there are telephones sort of stationed every now and yes. again yeah, down yeah, yeah. he phones to see what's going on what's what has caused this this hold up mm-hmm. the phone line has been cut no there is no answer oh shit now, now probably panic setting in here he, isn't it? he's realizing something is something's not uh, quite right here and he goes further down the track to investigate this red this red signal mm-hmm. light and he get he gets up onto the gantry and he finds that the green light is still burning away still glowing away and it's been masked by a leather glove someone's put a leather glove over the green bulb okay and wired a battery onto the red stoplight Oh, that's that's quite cunning, <laughs> isn't it? Desperately cunning. Now, obviously, he is going fuck. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, shit, absolutely. So, Running. or you could, if you were looking at that, would you just have a moment where you go, "I could go back to the train, or I could just walk away." I could whistling. just stay here and lie down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. no one will ever find me. <laughs> nope, everything is probably going to work itself out. Well, this is none of my business. He does not do that. No good for him. He absolutely. He gets down from the gantry. He legs it back run, to the train. Run, 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 run to tell the driver. Go, 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 go! <laughs> yeah, it's a trap. Fucking put the pedal on it. <laughs> just go for it. The gang who are waiting in ambush, they tackle him. 
<gasps> as he's climbing up into the cabin and pull him down. Ooh. From the other side, more gang members are trying are getting into the cab yeah. to confront Jack, train driver. Yeah, so he can't set off. That's so he can't thing. set off. He tries to fight back. He tries. To, he tries to resist. He is given a belt over the back Oy. of the head, yeah. and he goes. He goes, goes tumbling down. to the to the floor. Now the cab is in the control of the gang members. They drag uh, David back in back into the cab. He's there. He's tied up with Jack in the back of the cab, half conscious, groaning away. The other postal workers, everyone else in the back of the train, they are blissfully unaware of what's going on. No, they're they're yeah, happily sorting their mail. Blah 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 blah. All is good. Nothing is possibly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird place to stop, but fine. All is good. Now it is time for the rest of the gang to strike to carry out their assigned tasks men go along the track until they reach the connection between the hpv carriage and the rest of the train so you've got the locomotive carriage high goods and And then then 10 carriages of sorting and all that sort of stuff they uncouple the train between the hpv and the the remaining 10 carriages Uh no one is any the wiser what's going on blissfully unaware this is where Ronnie Biggs comes into play. He is there. He brings up old Pete, the train driver, into the cab. They get into the cab. Right, we need you to move the train another half mile up the track um, and stop so that the HPV carriage is on Bridego Bridge, mm-hmm. it's known as. And this spans a little narrow lane yeah. where the rest of the gang in a truck are waiting for all the sacks to be chucked down and they can make their escape. Nice. Pops has a slight problem. Oh, I've never driven one of these trains before. I don't know how it works. Ronnie, you had one job. <laughs> you had one job, Ronnie. What? And you got a retired old boy who has never driven this type of diesel locomotive before. And he has no idea what buttons to press. No idea what to do. Ah, fuck. <laughs> it's really... What really... had he driven? Steam? Well, just where he just... shovels some coal? Was that yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And an old-style diesel locomotive. Oh, nothing, good lord! Nothing it's like this. Oh, so god. this is this is this is new and fangled and, <laughs> and fancy and high tech. Sexy. No idea how any of this works. <laughs> Ronnie's one job has been to source and supervise this train driver. <laughs> the train driver cannot drive the train. Right. And it's like ah shit. Shitting shit. Biggs and old Pete are they are ushered off the train. Right, go away now. Go and wait with the lorry. You can help with the loading. Okay. Just get out of my sight. (laughs) (laughs) You have really screwed up here. They have no choice but to press Jack Mills, the original driver, into service. Now, he is still lying lying on the ground, groaning Mm -hmm. about this cosh to the head. But they're able to bring him round enough and set off with just the first two carriages. So now we've got the locomotive... The first carriage and then the HPV. The remaining 10 carriages abandoned on the track with the rather oblivious sorters just going, la 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 la, <laughs> so, sorting, sorting away inside. I like the song they're singing as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As the train sets off again, a few of the staff in the HPV carriage, they, they notice that they have become disconnected from the rest of the train. And they try and use the train's internal communications yeah. little thing to, to contact the, the cab and go what's going on they initially they assume that the just the link is broken something's gone awry so mm. don't suspect anything underwater at this point but there is no answer from the cab they try leaning out the windows and yelling but over <laughs> the the roar of the locomotive they can't yeah. no one can hear anything so they go oh it's fine it's probably fine <laughs> it's probably, it's fine. probably fine probably fine something's happened 
they, that's broken. They're going to go. They're going to get help. It's, it's fine. Let's just crack on with what we've got to do. Ten minutes later, the train has covered the, the half mile to Brideco Bridge. And it comes to a stop once more. Now, the staff inside the HPV are really confused now. What's going on? Stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting. Leaving half the train behind. No answer from the train cab. This is all very peculiar. It is a little what's, bit peculiar. What's going on here? Then, the gang strike in force. Two of the windows are smashed in and men start climbing through. At the same time, others try to break in through the doors into the the carriage. Now, inside, we have Frank Dewhurst, who oversees three other postal workers, Leslie Penn, Joseph Ware and John O'Connor. There's them. And we also have Thomas Kett, who is the inspector in charge of the, the train for this leg of the journey. He's not done a good job. He's not done a good job. He's there in the HPV, <laughs> HPV carriage going, oh, look at all the money. Yeah, um, exactly. Probably having a piece of cake. Having a, bit, having a bit of cake and a coffee and a nice natter. I need to be around the money. The four of them, they try to hold off the robbers. Um, but more and more masked men storm into the carriage. Ooh. Now, Dewhurst and Kett, they are hit with coshes. They are knocked out, knocked unconscious. There are no police. There's no security. These are untrained postal workers. Well, these are, yeah. these are postal workers. These are not trained combat people or anything. <laughs> combat um, people? <laughs> well, it's not, they're not so trained security or anything like no, that. No, I know. They have it's no just... experience in that sort of thing. They try to hold off the robbers, but as more and more people storm in, yeah. they go... And the resistance does not last long. It would it would be nice if one of them was some sort of Steven Seagal yeah. character. It's actually, yeah. <laughs> Has there been an action film where a postal worker? I know Leslie Penn is a secret ninja. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So like you could try and take the money, but I would take you down with me. <laughs> or one of them said that and was shit at um, fighting. Yes. And just just ran and slapped bashed the around the head. <laughs> so the men they are made to lie face down on the floor in a corner of the carriage mills the driver and his assistant whitby they are they are brought into the carriage they're handcuffed together mm. and put down beside the, the postal staff now the gang they form a human chain to transfer 128 sacks of money out of the train and into their waiting truck below the transfer takes about 15 to 20 minutes yeah. or so. Now, this is already stretching their sort of scheduled timings. And they, in fact, they leave eight bags in the carriage because they run out of they run out of time mm. to take it all. It is estimated that they move over two and a half tons <laughs> of banknotes <laughs> in this time. Where does a fuck ton of banknotes? That, that is literally a fuck ton. Literally a fuck ton two of banknotes. Two and a half is actually a fuck ton. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> two and a half tons <laughs> of notes that's that is that is incomprehensible out, out of this out of this carriage on a signal from the leader reynolds uh, the gang abandoned the train right time's up go, we, we've go, got go, to go 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 go, go 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 they give the staff who are in the in the carriage strict instructions wait 30 minutes then you can go for help you will wait 30 <laughs> minutes <laughs> that's it really yeah they say no hold there for 30 minutes then you then you can do what you like how are you gonna check are you going to hang around for 30 minutes? <laughs> These people are terrified. Yes. These people are terrified on they the ground. They don't want to have a watchman uh, watching some of, them. Some of, their, some of their friends and colleagues have been beaten around the head, yeah. aligned there unconscious. Uh, I, would, I would sit there for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> In that situation. Oh, there's no question. There's They're no question terrified. that they would. With all that, they pile into, there's a waiting, the truck that's waiting, and also two Land Rovers. Ooh, um, nice two, two Land Rovers that, that they've got the same registration on each 
Land Rover. Oh, beautiful. Nice. Coming, nice bit of weather. Back in the day where you changed the registration yeah. plates. Remember registration that being plates. a big thing in heist films and TV programs in the 80s and that 90s. they did. The three vehicles, they take off into the, the, the dawn, really, now. The whole thing has taken less than 30 minutes. That's amazing. To, to pull off. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible, really. And I think it's time for a break. Oh, I think it is. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, Nick, we have our drinks. We do. We're on tenterhooks. Yes. The gang has made off. They, they have made their escape. They've they're, made they're, their escape Scarpered. They are zooming along all manner of minor roads and listening for police broadcasts on a VHF radio that Ooh, they've nice, got. Nice, nice, nice. They head straight to their hideout, Leatherslade Farm, which is 27 miles from the scene of the crime. Hmm. The run, this rundown farm, had been bought two months earlier through the the dodgy London, the dodgy London solicitor Brian Field. Oh. He had arranged the purchase of this farm for them to use as this hideout. Now, at the farm, they arrive. And they are overjoyed, as one would be. Yeah, I've got done two it. and a half, two and a half tons worth tons of banknotes of money. Yeah, millions. <sighs> they celebrate their success and they count their loot. There is discrepancy about the exact amount of cash that was stolen. The press quote two million six hundred thirty-one thousand six hundred eighty-four pounds. Nice. The police investigation comes up with a figure of two million five hundred ninety-five thousand nine hundred ninety-seven pounds. All this is contained in 636 individual packages, individual parcels. The vast majority of this money, the bulk of this money, is in £1 and £5 notes. Jesus Christ, that's a ball ache to count. Yeah. <laughs> I would give up. Yeah, there I, are... I don't care how much money there is. I would absolutely tap out. I'd be like, there's no way I'm counting it. There's, there's, there's no way. There are, there are 10 shilling notes <gasps> in there. There is some Scottish currency. There is some Irish currency. Yeah. Irish pounds mixed in there. All this is all this as well. So they're there trying to sort out all sort this. Sort it all stuff. out. So I think the probably the highest denomination you're going to get is maybe a 10, 20, 20, 20, 20 yeah, twenty pounds. But let's say the vast majority ones and fives. This is businesses who have 
their, their, their takings over the weekend. So it yeah. would have been in just common currency that people would have had in shops and things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, there's businesses. Ones, this is not business of business transactions. This is everyday transactions. Yeah, people had um, to go to the strip club. <laughs> so the, the cash is divvied up into 16 full shares one for each of the the members of the gang, and they also have the, what they what they call drinks, um, into several drinks. Now the drinks are they're smaller bundles of notes that can be used to pay associates, the, nice. a quick bribe or something oh, like that. So oh, good, it's, it's, good, it's, it's good. Small. I, we, we don't know exactly how much was was in. This drink, this is it your, was in a drink. You know but it what? Was a, expenses. 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 But they're little ones that they could quickly go, right, you there. Have that be off with you. Very nice. Gone. Very nice. So they split all I this like up. That. Yeah, I like that. I exactly. like an expenses bundle. Each of the 16 core members of the gang was to receive around £150,000. Three million in today's currency. Nice. Three million pounds. Yeah, it's all right. Which is which? Would, uh, do me. I could probably cope with that. To be honest, I could probably cope. With probably it. live with live with that. Um, I suppose I could. <laughs> I could make some changes. After all the initial excitement and counting, which must have taken quite some time, mm. I would imagine the the gang settle in. They the plan is they're going to lay low for a few days. The robbery had taken place early hours of Thursday Thursday morning. They plan to stay put until Sunday. Good. At the farm. The, the thinking being that the police are likely going to assume that these they're going to get as far away as possible. They are going to yeah, they're going they, they, they to drive scatter, and drive so and drive and scatter and they're going to go to the airports and, and they're, they're going to get on boats so exactly, let's cover all the bases. Exactly. So they think you know, if we hole up relatively nearby mm. the police are going to overlook us. That's, that's, that's the thinking which it's indeed a, it's, is It's, it's is, clever. It's, is it's quite scary current. but it's clever. But oh nice farmhouse. Yeah, yeah got, fire I don't think it's an particularly nice farmhouse. It's, I think it's a pretty run-down, dilapidated old place that they've got. But he does the trick. They make do. They make do and they pass the time with a lovely game of Monopoly. No. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. Oh, no. What? Someone said it on Instagram. Someone said it on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, well done. Whoever said it. Oh, they, what they... That was it. <laughs> that was, so what they do, they they play. The, the Monopoly comes further down the line, um, but yeah, they have. Oh, does the, it? Monopoly is there. They play some nice Monopoly while they're passing the time. Okay, passing the time. D- does Monopoly feature again? It does. Oh, okay. They play Monopoly with real money from the heist. Oh, I love it. They get rid of the Monopoly yes. money and they go, oh, you've got a shit tons of money. Wouldn't you? Uh, and they play oh. they play with real cash. Oh, God, that, that is a dangerous <laughs> game of Monopoly. You fucker. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is Stop which building is hotels on my land. <laughs> now, I mean, soon news of the heist is all over the country. And yes. Yeah, and it's quickly all over the world as the, well. The biggest ever. N- nothing in... like this has ever happened no, before. No, no. Absolutely. This is massive it's like something from a hollywood film things this heist is this sort of literally it is literally from a hollywood film all this stuff police from all over the country they are drafted in to to search to investigate mm. to find out what the hell is going on the postmaster general <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. comes down in his robe he returns from his holiday in spain early does he <laughs> What the fuck is the postmaster general earning? <laughs> so he's he, in his holiday in Spain. Where were you, sir, on the day? He was in Spain. He was he he does returns. Does he please come back in, like with a tan and like a rubber like ring round his middle <laughs> and his flip flops? He is. Faced I'm here to see justice done <laughs> with an army of reporters Ooh. asking questions about how the hell this happened. <laughs> 
um, when he gets off the plane from Spain. On one hand, answer the damn questions, you. <laughs> on the other hand, he's going to go, I don't fucking know. What you, I'm the postmaster general. All I do is make sure that post goes on a train. What do you think I do I for a, a living? I have a really fancy title. I for... <laughs> fancy title for a very boring job. What the hell? Yeah. But also, where the bloody hell was well, he? Where will you? Where your people need you, sir. <laughs> I do picture him in robes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I met him in some sort of military uniform type thing oh with a big God. hat, with a big feather. Um, I'm, so... I'm going to say that I, I think I do know, and we stand with you, that, that members of the Royal Mail in Canterbury listen to this podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I think some pe- some people do. We love you guys. We support you. But please, can you send us pictures of the, the Postmaster General's robes? It's great. Because we know you're hiding oldie timey photos of this. <laughs> You've got to have records. You have a big portrait in your staff room. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a good title to have. <laughs> now, I'd say while this is all going on in the press and everything, the gang in the farm, they're arguing about who's going to be the boat, who's going to be the hat, <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> who's going to be the thimble? <laughs> who's thimble? Who's going to be the thimble? Uh, but they've got a police radio crackling nice. in the background. Good idea, keep, good keep idea. Keep abreast of what's going on. And from this, they learn that the authorities have not been fooled by their stay mm. local plan. Okay. One of the postal workers who <gasps> was there has told them about the don't move for half an hour remark. Well, of course they would. Yeah, absolutely. But this now leads police to believe that that means, well, they are within half an hour. So they take the the view that they, they must be somewhere nearby because they didn't want anyone looking for them for half an hour. So they must have gone to ground within half an hour. Um, yes. So that, that, But that's what they do. And so anywhere they think, okay, this is going to be a, what, a 50-mile radius or so. I, I'm questioning it. They're right. Yeah. And, <laughs> so and they're that's, that's, right. That's, what, that's, what, that's what people think, okay, which is enough. actually quite cunning. Um, because I would have just assumed they were like let's get a 30 minute head start yeah which the police are never going to catch up with us but but there are police coming from everywhere so they're not just going from this place and going out there are police coming up from up from from London and down from so they would have encountered them so yeah so if they were scarpering heading back north or wherever then they would have been intercepted cars are going to be spotted and things like that but there's, there's been no sightings so they've gone to ground somewhere so it's going to be local. It's going to be local. So the gang has to get out quick. They think, okay, we've got, we can't stay around here any longer. The police, they're actually going door to door. They are searching every warehouse, outbuilding, shed, mm. barn that they can find. They are going to discover them much, much, much sooner than had been anticipated. They can't use the Land Rovers anymore. They no. think, well, the, the postal workers, they may have seen the Land Rovers, yeah. they may have seen the registration. We can't use those anymore. We need new vehicles. We need new transport. Now, late on the Thursday evening, Brian Field, the solicitor, he arrives at the farm. Mm-hmm. It was all scheduled. He arrives at the farm to collect his share of the cash. Now, he is told about the new developments, about we can't stay here till Sunday. We need cars. So he actually takes one of the gang, a chap, Roy James, back to London with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Roy's job is to source new vehicles, to get some drivers to get to the farm, pick up everyone else, clear everything out, and scatter. Waiting for the new cars to arrive, the gang does their best to hide any evidence they can. They wipe down fingerprints, they cover their tracks as best as they can. Now, soon the new cars arrive. They're driven by Brian Field, his wife, Karen. 
um, is one of the drivers. She's and, turned up. And a new associate by the name of Mark. They're driving these these new cars. They load up with the rest of the gang and they get out of the farm. They actually go and hide out at Brianfield's house. Okay. Well, that is to say, lay low. You're back yeah. in London. Nice. Keep quiet. Brianfield, he then arranges for this chap, Mark, to return to the farm mm-hmm. and carry out a thorough cleanup. Yeah, okay, yeah. You just go back there. You just scrub the place clean. There's not to be a single thing left that has any connection to anyone. Yeah. Really. When you've done that, torch the place. Burn it down. <laughs> burn yeah, it, I was going to say, like, just fire ground. will cleanse. Yeah, burn it to the ground. Okay. But Mark is paid £10,000, 200000 in today's yeah, 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 money yeah. for this job. This go to the farm, burn the shit out of it. Never talk to me again. <laughs> sort of. It's, sort it's of an thing. interesting because you need it clean, but also the fire is going to attract the authorities' it's going to attract attention. So you, so you want it clean. Automatically think. Yeah, you don't want anything there. half burnt lying around no. that's going to link. So you need to get it cleaned out. But then, yeah, do the rest with fire. Like Absolutely. Okay. okay. Now on the Monday, Charlie Wilson, one of the the original gang members, he he rings. Uh, Brian Field to confirm that the the farm everything's been taken care of it's been cleaned it's been burnt all is good Field get yeah absolutely it's all fine Mark was uh, sorting it out not a bother at all and something's niggling at Charlie yeah he's going something doesn't feel right he calls for a meeting with the rest of the gang leaders and they agree okay we need to be sure we need to be absolutely 100% sure this random chap Mark who we've Mm. never met before has, has done this job they go to visit Field, who is now forced to admit the Mark's fucked off with the money. He's done a runner. Oh. <laughs> All he had to do was clean up and then set All a place he, on fire. Yeah, it was but a he's, hard job. But he, 200 grand, he's off. Yeah. He's taking it Cleaning. And, he's taking it and run. Shit. Now, Charlie Wilson, he has to be restrained by those for beating the shit out of Brian. Yeah. <laughs> he's absolutely going to kill this chap because that's evidence but the farm is the priority we can deal with this shit later we need to sort out the farm we need to get that sorted they nominate someone else to clear out burn the crap out of the place burn it to the ground but by the time they are ready to go the police has (gasps) found the hideout oh i think we're gonna have to stop there are we we're gonna have to stop there the police are on their trail they found the monopoly no (laughs) stay tuned for part two Nick, is it a two-parter? <laughs> it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. <laughs> oh, you, you foxed us there. Apart from anyone who's looking at the title of this where I put <laughs> part one. <laughs> oh, a two-parter. Well, it's such a big story. Such a bit. I was, I was planning to get it. I didn't done it in one, but as I was writing it going, there's no way you can cram all this stuff into, no, into an hour. The big um, hunt and then also all what happened What happened criminals. to everyone? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So. Big story. Goodness me, God damn it, if that man had only cleaned the farm. The police are there. The police are... Th- oh, God. Can you imagine? Everything so meticulously planned. <sighs> and one guy lets you down. One guy lets you down. And they're there picking through the monopoly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's such a good story. It's a, good, it's a great story. And, uh, yeah, as, as we said at the start, it's one that is mentioned was mentioned many many Absolutely. times in my youth it's sort of in that sort of cultural history isn't it really don't know anything about, i did not know anything about it i knew there was a robbery mm-hmm. i knew it was money it was raw mail that's it yeah. and you know the names and of you the know criminals. a couple of names i knew ronnie biggs that's the only name i really ronnie knew. biggs charlie wilson and buster edwards i knew buster edwards purely for the fucking film that my yeah. mom <laughs> made me watch seven times but ronnie biggs but yes the well, I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. What I'm happens? not going to say. What, what could happen to them all? <laughs> Some people will know. 
but again in our lifetimes and everything saw saw development yeah. saw changes and everything that how it happened so yeah the, the biggest thing that anyone had reported on at the time going mm-hmm. shit <laughs> there's been a robbery there's everybody. been a big old robbery next week nick will be back double whammy yeah from him for part two lucky? to find out what happened in the great train robbery what happened to the people involved what happened to all that money mm. yes if you have questions about elements of this story that you want nick to cover please let me know ju- yep jump on the comments send us dms a good heist a good heist we oh, like a, a good, good heist, heist. Yeah. And this opens the door for many more heists. That it does. Are there other heists we should be covering? <laughs> well, there are many great train robberies, apparently. Apparently so. <laughs> so we've got many more of them to cover. However, though, I would say when we say many more, you've seen one, you've seen them all. <laughs> Ish. A bit. Yeah. There's some in the Old West. There's this. But basically the story is there was a train that was robbed. It was a train didn't... and they sold some things. And they sold some things. Tell us what you think of this episode so far. Jump on the comments of wherever you listen to your podcast. Send us messages on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Drop us an email if you wish. And yes, if there are elements you're looking forward to in part two or people or things that you really want us to delve into, send us a message. It's all on Nick to do it. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, no, fill, I'm like, fill your boots. Fill your boots. Fill your boots. I have nothing to do next week. <laughs> You've got till Tuesday, right? You've got till uh, it, Tuesday to get your questions in. <laughs> indeed. Tuesday's the cutoff. Weirdly, as well, people might have links and connections. It's, it's incredible so. in the UK how many people say, oh, I knew so-and-so, yeah, or I was there, or I was robbed, or that was my money. I was the train. <laughs> I was the train. <laughs> Were you the train? Are you as a train been affected by all these train-related stories? <laughs> Most importantly, consider mixing up a Mayfair. Yeah, are there other train-related beverages? Well, we've done train and rail tracks and everything in yeah, the past. Indeed. With, I hope, greatest success. I we had, we had, I can't we had a flying Scotsman with a train before that was previously, good. which I think went down quite well. Yeah, the rails. Um, I can't remember what happened. The, with rails, the rails was okay. The rails, I think the one, I, it wasn't called the rails. So, are there any other Monopoly based cocktails that we should have had instead? Well, we've got to think of a secret ingredient next week. This is true. So, yes, you're going to have to think Monopoly of that. Monopoly part two. <laughs> <laughs> the drink is okay. It's all right. It's if you're into cloves. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> cloves is your thing. This would be one to mix up. Yes. If you have toothache. Cloves. <laughs> Some pe- people love cloves. People have clove toothpaste. That's true. They do clove cigarettes. Well, I mean, you, look, if you've got toothache, you can you drink the, your troubles away. I don't away. know if you're doing that for the taste of cloves, though, for just the love of cloves. <laughs> no, it's medicinal. It's become medicinal. And also the hot toddy. Just fucking drink this. I don't <laughs> We're not saying it's great. We're saying it has its uses. <laughs> We're saying it exists. Uh, much like Mayfair itself. Ooh, <laughs> political. Ooh, social commentary. That's what we're all about. Mix one up, but send us pictures of any cocktails you are enjoying wherever you are in the world. Tag us in your stories on social media. Come and follow us on TikTok, because Nick has made his debut. Apparently so. Yes, you're on there now. I'm on the TikTok. And people are losing their minds. (laughs) Whatever we were talking about doesn't matter. Everyone's just going, Nick, Nick. And some new people going, who's he? (laughs) Yes, who's this strange man? Who's this strange man, yes. But yes, we're, we're smashing it on TikTok. And come and join us on Patreon if you haven't already for lots more Poisoner's Cabinet content every single week. 
Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week for part two. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Boy. <laughs>